After further review, the ruling on the field is confirmed. It is Thursday, June 3rd, and we are back from a little hiatus here on ruling on the field. I am Tanner Schmady, along with Corey Brooks, as always. And, you know, big time for sports. We got a lot going on. NCAA tournament for baseball is about to start. NHL playoffs still uh, going on. They're in the second round. NBA playoffs, we're starting to fill in the teams for the second round, but we still have that first round going. And, of course, we will have soccer and some news around the sports world to come. Um, but, you know, let's jump right into it. Husker baseball, they get the number two seed, but they're going down to Arkansas, which now this has caused a lot of, you know, overreaction maybe by the Nebraska fans or, you know, a lot of hype around kind of the Lincoln area. They're saying, you know, how can a 31 and 12 Big Ten champion Nebraska get paired up with the number one team in the nation. Um, my personal thoughts, you know, it's a uh, you know, former coach against, uh, you know, pretty much his uh, predecessor at Nebraska, Will Bolt. But yeah, so Nebraska will start off with Northeastern University, 36 and 10. And on the other side of the bracket, uh, you know, Arkansas, 46 and 10 will take on New Jersey Institute of Technology, who is 26 and 22. Yeah, um, interesting draw. It's kind of one of those. It's It's been a couple of days now that we're recording this since the news came out. Um, it's For me, at least, it's kind of one of those both things can be true um, that we did get fucked, I would say, um, with who we got drawn up with, but also that um, – you know, it's hard to be too upset about it, just given all the circumstances and everything. Um, I know the the argument from the NCAA perspective is is the travel, just because all of the twos can basically bus um, to where all of the ones are, the, the region they were put in at least, and that's going to be the case with us as well. Uh, they're busing down to Arkansas. So, um, yeah, it's it, it, it does suck. Um, it definitely, definitely, I would say, lowers the chances of getting through to the next part. Uh, to the super regionals, but at the same time, too, you're going to get a team like that in the super regionals. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, to be honest, uh, I don't think Northeastern is going to be a huge pushover either. And honestly, we got to we got to get that out of the way first. No, absolutely, and I agree. And you know, Nebraska ended the season really well, pretty much on a hot streak, went in like nine in a row, and then um, definitely secured the Big Ten title over Michigan. Uh, but, you know, like you said, this did happen a couple of weeks ago and this news was a couple of days ago. But, you know, they start uh, in two or tomorrow, uh, Friday, they'll play Northeastern University, a decent team. I was looking at their schedule and really the only prominent team they played was uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest is around 17th in the nation. Uh, I believe they went one and two in that series. But definitely, like you said, not a pushover. No team really is. Um, but, you know, we'll see if the Huskers can continue on and, you know, get a, a great matchup. I mean, in my perspective is you can't change it. So you just – you got to go play Arkansas anyway. And if you beat the number one team in the nation, look out. You know, you're, you have a great chance of uh, making it to Omaha. But time will only tell with that. Um, as for – 
college baseball. That's really all I got, Corey. Do you have any more you want to add? Um, just that it sounds like I think they've already kind of announced that they're going to keep the rotation kind of the same. So I think Pavich is going to come out and pitch against Northeastern. Um, so I do think that's the right call. Just make do everything you can to win the first game um, yeah. and then think about Arkansas after that. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for kind of just college baseball to get ramping up in general here. Um, as somebody who lives in Omaha and kind of got robbed of that last year, I'm, I'm excited to go to some games and it'd be a lot more fun if I could, uh, if I could cheer for the Huskers while doing it. Yeah. The fans are definitely itching from, you know, the March madness tournament. We got that back. Not, I can't remember if they even had fans now, cause I know now fans are coming back, but Omaha world series, college world series, one of the greatest times to be in Nebraska, especially for the summer. But, you know, moving on from that, let's go to where it's a little colder, you know, on really the Really quick before that, I do yeah. want to just touch on something before, because uh, I know we didn't um, include it like in the rundown or anything, just a quick combat sports update. So this Saturday we have just a, a fight night. It, it doesn't look like anything too crazy, but it, there is a heavy uh, heavyweight main event, so – you know, always something to kind of tune into. But more importantly, I kind of have been underselling this card that is next weekend on the 12th, uh, the pay-per-view, because it's just Adesanya against uh, Marvin Vittori, who he should beat. But I didn't realize that there's also another title fight on there with Figueredo and Moreno. And uh, Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards are also fighting. And so um, even match four, um, Damian Maya and Bilal Muhammad, a lot of um, UFC, like, crazy fans are, are really excited about that one um just the whole card actually looks pretty insane so um it, i guess it's not too top heavy but i think overall the, the whole card might end up being worth it yeah i this sound like interesting matches um even though um i know you're not a fan of the guy but also this weekend is uh what is it logan paul versus floyd mayweather i don't know one of the paul brothers i can never keep them straight but that's this weekend. So, um, that fight is this weekend? Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And I guess. then the other Paul brother is going to box Tyron Woodley, which former comp, uh, UFC competitor. That's in August 28th. So, you know, they're making a lot of noise. Hopefully, you know, someone finally gets the chance to, uh, you know, shut them up. That's my personal opinion. But yeah, so combat sports as well. Uh, like Corey said, uh, you got some UFC coming up. Pretty, pretty interesting uh, fights as well, especially that is one. I don't think there would be a single instance ever of anything, at least within the realms of the actual sport. Like plenty of people have completely ruined their reputation, like from something they did outside of the sport. I cannot think of a single thing within the sport or of any sport that you could do to ruin your reputation that you built up faster than Floyd Mayweather losing to a Paul brother in a boxing match. No, it so, literally undefeated and never lose and retire undefeated and be known as, you know, the super rich money, you know, all that. And to lose to somebody who everybody hates and by all means should never, ever even have the chance to get in the ring with them. Um, yeah. I can't think of a single thing. That, that could possibly ever ruin a reputation faster. So um, for his sake, and I guess for everyone uh, who likes, who dislikes the Paul brothers, which is most people, I would say um, we kind of need this one. Oh, I, I mean, if you're like you said, if Floyd Mayweather loses this match, it's just a 
cliff dive straight on your head. I mean, there's no other way for, for his career, the way it would go, but you know, there's just no way in hell Floyd Mayweather is going to lose. I just don't see it happening. I mean, still one of the guys with the fastest hands, I believe right now, uh, he's a ripe age of 44, definitely pretty old, but you know, um, I, I like his, everybody should like his odds. I'd be very interested to see what uh, money lines are on that or even, if, even if he allows whichever Paul brother it is to look competent I would say that's like reputation ruining like it's he needs to knock him out and it needs to happen like pretty early on and he can't take damage which if there's anything that you should feel pretty good about it should be that he might you know he probably won't take very much damage like that's just his thing if he's not going to take damage against the best he's probably not going to take damage against this guy but um yeah who knows maybe he won't be able to knock him out or something but i think uh, i think he really needs to yeah and yeah i just i just something needs to happen here so we can get past like this whole paul brother thing but i will say you know great entrepreneurs because every match they have they are bringing in a lot of money and these next two fights i mean they're gonna bring in a shitload of money so you know, whatever. If Floyd, if Floyd signed up, I mean, yeah, it's, oh, it's well, yeah. be pretty, pretty ludicrous, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's no doubt. I mean, this is what the third time at least that we've probably mentioned the Paul brothers on our show. So, I mean, they're you know, whatever they're doing, it's it's working. They're getting paid all that. But yeah, yeah, just please, Floyd, please. <laughs> well, we will uh, hope and pray. But um, yeah, so, you know, keep uh, look forward to that this weekend as well. Um, and during this week, uh, you know, last night and coming up today, more NHL playoffs. Um, the Avalanche really took it to the Vegas Knights. Now, my prediction is it's either the Avs or the Knights that are going to win the Stanley Cup. Um, but holy shit, Colorado Avalanche beat Las Vegas 7-1 to in that first game. The Avalanche are very young, very, uh, I mean, very attacking on offense. And that's where you got to watch out for them, obviously, seven to one. But they've been a very good young team. So look for this team to stick around for a while. Vegas seems like they've always hung around for a while. So, you know, after at the time of recording, these two will play, um, you know, tonight at nine o'clock. So we won't know the final of this next one. But the, otherwise, Friday, uh, these two meet again, and we'll see who's up. Following that, you got the Jets and Canadians. Game one will happen last night slash tonight because of time of recording. That game will be interesting. The Toronto Maple Leafs, just sad, sad, sad. They can't seem to ever get out of the first round or just even make it to the Stanley Cup. I think it's been... I would have to look it up, but I know it's been 30, 40 years, maybe, but yeah, it's been like 40 or 50 since they've won the cup. And it's been since like 2003, 2004, I think since they've won a series, um, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's the classic case of they had like a horrible, you know, decade where they were absolutely not even contending. Um, and then they've had a really good team now for the last like five, six years. And every time they just get bounced in the first round, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, 
the the and the just the stories of the circumstances on how they lose a lot of the time it's you know tragic ways um i know one was like a couple of years ago they gave up uh like a two goal lead with like no time left um things like that it's it's really not a good scene and so for them to go down in game 7 um the way they did was not great and i do want to just mention on the avs knights series i know that that was a big series that a lot of hockey nerds have been really been looking forward to for a long time and the odds uh the betting odds for it were pretty even betting for the series overall and so yeah crazy to see the avalanche do what they did in game one and i think the odds went from like i think it's like minus 550 now to bet on the abs or something like that and it was it was pretty much even before game one so um yeah really really crazy performance in game one it'll be interesting to see if the knights can bounce back uh like you said you know i don't really think they've ever been bad because they went to the stanley cup what their first year in existence and you know they've been really good i feel like every single year since so um yeah definitely a series to keep watching and um yeah the the listener will know the yeah how game two went i'm I'm jealous because i wish i did already I know. Yeah. I'm actually, this is the one series that I'm very excited for. Uh, but you know, we'll see, obviously we'll find out later tonight, but, um, and then, you know, on the other side, you got the Bruins versus Islanders, which is pretty interesting, honestly, uh, tied up one-to-one. I was watching that video on Twitter, but it was with, uh, I think his name's Stu Finer and I believe the Bruins scored first and they were in a bar and all he's just screaming is, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, man, that sucks. But, you know, New York and Boston always seems to be like a rivalry. So uh, another interesting one to watch, especially with fans being in the stands. Yeah, the fans have been going crazy um, for, for NHL, especially that series. So um, I think that – I would say I would put that right up there with Avs Knights. Maybe not at maybe not the exact level of of overall talent on the ice, but um, as far as just a really a, a good battle, two two teams that are pretty evenly matched and a lot of action too. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty of it. Um, it always amazes me when I watch hockey. I'm like, because I've tried to ice skate before. And I'm just like this. These guys are like gods man do you see how fast they're going on the ice right now it's just incredible it's extremely hard but yeah it's a beautiful thing to watch yeah game two had had a pretty good overtime too super fast pace and you gotta think man after 60 minutes already um and and when you think you're probably going to be done after 60 minutes so to pile on more time and to be able to just give everything that they do like that um, it, it is crazy. I, every single time, like if I can't watch a hockey game for whatever reason, um, you know, as soon as I see that it goes into overtime, I usually at least pull up a stream on my phone or something. I can't get enough of playoff overtime hockey. It's, it's the best. It is. There is uh, nothing like it, honestly. And I've always gotten into like the hockey playoffs, especially cause it's always interesting. And now I just want to get into the whole thing more. But the, damn, they got some hard names to learn. That is for sure. That is the one thing. I'm like, holy shit! It's like, yeah, that's that's got to be especially tough for you. You're you're pretty good at botching names on this show. I can't imagine trying to get into hockey names. Oh gosh, yeah, it'd be tough. But uh, yeah, and then the other game, Lightning versus Hurricanes. Uh, you know, I could see Tampa Bay probably running away with this. They're up two zero. Uh, the Hurricanes are a pretty fresh team as well. Um. Tampa Bay is a good team. You know, they're looking to go back or excuse me, not back to back. I can't remember if they won it last year or not because COVID year just always slips my mind. 
Tampa Bay did, yeah. But yeah, so you know, Tampa Bay is looking to go back to back, and that would be amazing for that city to see uh, two championships in one year. So we will see what happens there. But uh, you know, that's all I have for the ice. Yeah, I just a quick shout out to the Hurricanes for knocking out the Preds. Um, it's, I just kind of have a personal vendetta that I won't get into um, for that. But that was actually a great series too, Hurricanes Preds, uh, Game Seven, like at least three overtime games. So yeah, I think the Hurricanes are probably just pretty tired coming into this, and the Lightning are a bit of a buzzsaw. So um, I, I kind of hope they run away with it, and then maybe we'll get a maybe get a good finish there going into the Stanley Cup Finals. At least I hope we get a, a couple of good semifinal matchups too, at least, but um nhl playoffs have definitely delivered up to this point absolutely and now uh on to the other playoffs you know nba um little sad here and there you know bucks swept the heat i have a good buddy that i was going back and forth with and uh obviously from last year the heat took care of the bucks handily but this year was not the same but i thought at least the heat could get one game and there was no game um you know, that's really my piece on it. Uh, but, Corey, I can let you run the NBA playoffs with uh, the headliner that you have. Yeah, uh, glad to hear that you're not willing to contribute a whole lot more than that for your for your Heat series there. Yep. Um, yeah, it was that was shocking. I think uh, that really, more than anything, I would say it showed more of the, the Bucks Im- improving than it did the Heat regressing overall. So... Um, I think that's, you know, something to take home with you there. Um, Before we get too deep into that series or just the games in general, I do want to talk about uh, the NBA on TNT crew and the guys in general. Um, They have been so good for so long, um, you know, to the point that they even released a documentary this year. They've won so many awards for best live show, best sports show. You name it all. Um, They've done it. They're hilarious. You're guaranteed to laugh at least once a time. And, um, having them to be on like three, four nights a week during the playoffs is, is, is truly special. Um, I've, I've laughed so much this season. And um, while we're speaking on the Bucks, heat, just uh, one of my favorite things that they added in the last couple of years is uh, Ernie will just keep actually <coughs> ridiculous things that all of his, you know, that Chuck and Shaq will say, because they, they seem to make her guarantee, you know, seven things a night. And so Ernie actually has been keeping notes of this. And it was so funny because after, uh, I don't even know, it might've been halftime was game four close between the bucks and the heat. I don't remember. Was no. it was, yeah, it was kind of a blow going into halftime. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so they were at halftime and like out of nowhere, Chuck just made Ernie start. Uh, he's like, Hey, look, look to your right. And made him start looking at the cards and, uh, the first one that he pointed out to him, Ernie was like, all right, this one says Chuck guarantees that the Bucks are going to sweep the heat. And they're like, oh, good job, Charles. You know, everything. Are... And then he's like not satisfied whatsoever. He's like, and what's the one right under that? And uh, it was Shaq predicting that the heat were going to tie up the series two to two after it went down two zero. So um, just some stuff like that. They've been on fire. Um, there was there was another one where for some reason they were looking at a list that had a lot of people with uh, the last name ending in Vich, V-I-C. Um, and Shaq just said, uh, there's a lot of Viches on that list. And, uh, Charles responded with kind of like that phone book. So just a lot of shit like that. Uh, they've been, they've been going absolutely nuts. Even, even, you know, it's a group of four dudes in their like 
you know, fifties and sixties. And they, they, they have the ability to go viral on Twitter on a nightly basis like that, that, that kind of tells you all you need to know. Absolutely. Yeah. They're a really great crew. Always enjoy watching them. Uh, it's always a blast and um, definitely last look forward were, to it. Last, last night, Charles uh, called Anthony Davis street clothes uh, just cause he, he said he just only ever sees him in street clothes. So that was <laughs> a pretty big one as well. Um, and they always do a gone fishing thing too, which is pretty funny for every team that gets uh, beat out of the playoffs. They'll make a nice little gone fishing um, picture where they Photoshop in a bunch of the players and fans and, and so on and so forth. And that's always a good stuff too. So um, just, yeah, if you, even if you don't like the NBA, maybe try to time it and watch the halftime show or something like that. But um, yeah, NBA on TNT has, has been great so far. Yeah. It's definitely something um really anybody can get behind and it's <clears throat> excuse me uh and it's you know uh it's not always the same people you know sometimes draymond gets in there and um uh what do they do it on tuesdays it's like Shaq and d wade are on there or something like that i can't remember but when you get the original crew i think that's what i like best uh to be honest but you know still a great great halftime show to watch yeah, Draymond has been subbing in a little bit, uh, I think, once last night for Kenny and then once for Shaq as well. And so, um, yeah, he does all right. I honestly didn't like Draymond as someone who was a Cavs fan and had to root against the Warriors so hard for so many years there. But, um, yeah, he's, he's doing all right on, on TV, and I imagine they'll probably give him a, an offer by the time he retires too. So who knows how, how that will play out. But uh, let's keep going on the NBA here. We got the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Uh, at time of recording, they are going to be going into game five with the Jazz getting uh, another home game. They're up three to one now. Uh, which game did the Grizzlies steal? Did they steal one in Utah early on? Was it game one? It was uh, game two, I believe. Yeah, game one or game two. So Donovan definitely did. a little bit surprising, I would say. No, it was game one because Donovan Mitchell was out. Uh, okay, so that was game one that Donovan was out? Yeah, and he and he was all pissed off, and, and now he's been back and doing well, and I think the Jazz have run off three straight now. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say too much to to worry about here as far as how this one's going to end. I imagine the Jazz will take home game five, but um, overall just the Grizzlies are definitely something to look out for in the future. Um, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, obviously. I think John Morant is, is a true uh, – uh if he's not a superstar already, I think he's he's pretty much there maybe next season. So um, I think the Grizzlies are definitely a team to look out for in the West going forward. Yeah, uh, really like Jaws upside, um, but this series is definitely over. Um, you know, I think Utah gives the Grizzlies the old gentleman sweep. Uh, Grizzlies, to me, just too young still. Um, definitely a force to be reckoned with, though, in the future. I agree with that. Yeah, and, and John Morant has tried to absolutely ruin Rudy Gobert's career like once every single game this series. He hasn't been successful yet, um, but there was one where he, he didn't finish the dunk, but he got fouled. Uh, I, I think there was – I think the one in game four, he, he went for it and got fouled as well. And then one I think he pretty much had it but missed the dunk. So um, dude just doesn't care. I hope we he doesn't turn out to be like a Derrick Rose situation, or just a high flyer who – who goes absolutely all the way up at, you know, full speed every time and doesn't really know how to come down. But so far it's been a treat to watch and he's, yeah, he's absolutely electric. Um, the kind of most fun series to talk about up to this point though, 
um, is an even series at two to two Clippers and Mavericks. Um, so nobody in this series seems to want to win at home. Um, and after game two, it really looked like there wasn't a way back for the Clippers. No, you know, uh, I thought the Mavs had it done and I was hoping so bad for Luca, you know, to keep on his trail, just trashing them because I don't think there'd be anything funnier than to see the Clippers get swept after all that they have tried to do to get better. Um, but sadly, you know, um, they got two back in a row and now it's a really interesting, uh, series, but really, really pulling for the Mavs. So I'm going to say the Mavs take it in seven, but we'll see. We you know a lot of time left. Yeah, I think this one definitely goes to seven. I don't know if uh, maybe just the away team wins all seven games or, or what's going to happen here. But, um, yeah, I it, it was really hard to see going into game three, um, the Clippers winning that game, let alone both games in Dallas. You know, I, I having all that momentum from winning two games on the road and then getting to go home, um, I guess maybe it was just too much. But, yeah. I you gotta you gotta tip your hat a little bit to the Clippers for for battling back, but all in all, really not a good look to even be in that situation to begin with. Because um, you know, not only did they basically trade away most of their future for you know the roster that they have right now, uh, but they've also been really really loud about it and how and how good they are and all of that. But the worst part and the icing on the cake is the last two games of the regular season. They tried so hard and did absolutely everything they could to make sure that they would lose so that they could get the seed that they got and play the Mavs. This is what they wanted. They wanted the Mavs. That is what they wanted. They went out of their way to actively try to lose. Not, you know, let's not try too hard to win. They were actively trying to lose. They had to lose to the Thunder. They had to lose to the Thunder, bro, to, to make sure that they would end up playing the Mavs and make sure that they wouldn't end up playing the Lakers. And this is what they wanted. And to, to get that and to do all that. And, hell, they don't even – I feel like as somebody who was trying to bet on the Clippers here and there during the regular season, you you don't even know half the damn time if Paul George or Kawhi are going to play. Like It's like they're constantly resting until the playoffs and doing load management, and then they get to the playoffs and they're still not hardly shit. So it's like – I, I, they're almost impossible to root for. Like I, I'm with you, man. And, and most of America, I do want the Mavs here. Um, and if the Clippers do, do go ahead and win here, then I don't see any way that they really make it past even the second round. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, but, um, yeah, definitely rooting for the Mavs here. And, and Luca has, has done it again. You know, he's, he's shown that this is going to be his and, and Giannis and, and Luca, um or, or Jokic it's gonna be it's gonna be their league yeah I I mean I couldn't agree uh more with that um definitely gonna be you're seeing a transition in the league uh in you know if you're the Clippers after this if you lose this series I really don't know what they're gonna do uh there's gonna have to be a lot of talks in the front office there's gonna have to be pieces you're gonna have to think of uh Pretty sure Paul George is gone no matter what. But, you know, it's still – it's a tied series. We'll see what happens. And, you know, the way it's supposed to happen, I'm sure the Clippers will probably win in seven, sadly. But, uh, you know, 
Time will only tell. We'll find out. Yeah, Kawhi can walk this summer too, which is crazy. Like it seems like it was yesterday that we were doing the Kawhi sweepstakes, you know, and oh, is he gonna go to the Clippers or the Lakers or back to the Raptors? And yeah, if it if it ends like this, where you know, an embarrassing loss to the Mavs in the bubble, and then either first or second round of the year after that, after all of that, man, that would be that would be tragic. But um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Definitely, I would say maybe the biggest treat of the first round so far. Um, and then we did have another great treat um, on Tuesday night with game five of the Nuggets Trailblazers. Um, two to two going into it. The Nuggets come out in game five at home as favorites and dominate the first quarter, most of the first half. Uh, the Blazers make a bit of a run to come back in the, in the at the later half of the the first half there, and then basically uh, the Nuggets were in control the entire second half as well until Mr. Dame Lillard decided to absolutely go insane. Um, he ended up hitting a completely contested buzzer beater to send this game into overtime, um, and then in overtime, I this this is where it just gets crazy. There were. So many stats that came out of this game that don't make any sense whatsoever. Um, And I'll just start with uh, Damian Lillard from the three-point line, 12 of 17 for 55 points on 17 of 24 shooting and 12 of 17 from the field or from three. Like that, that is unheard of. And like, this is the biggest stage, um, and the saddest part is he can do something like that and lose. And it really is as good as Damian Lillard is and as insane as that stat line is, all that it really does is show you how terrible of defense the Blazers play. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> um, it's very sad to see. I don't know. It's always been sad to see for me. I've always been a big Dame fan. But it's just the same thing year after year. The Trailblazers don't get any better. Damian Lillard does, but not the rest of the team. And it's it's a repeating cycle every year. It's either first or second round. They might get past the first round with a couple buzzer beaters by Damian Lillard, but you damn know, well know that once you get in the second round, it's going to be over because Damian Lillard can't handle just that that much on his shoulders and – Really, it is just sad. I mean, I don't know who else can score 55 points and your team still loses. There's, there's going to, it's going to, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Trailblazers if they ended up, end up dropping this next game or lose this first round. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to see where they go from here. Um, but all in all, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot the last 24 hours. Um, and this, this is also obviously coming from someone too. I, I bet on the Blazers last night. And so I, I feel just all sorts of a connection to Damian Lillard right now, but um, we're also talking about a guy that had lost seven family members, just like throughout the course of the first few months of the pandemic, like this dude, like just to be able to be one of the absolute, you know, best players um, and to put performances like that and on top of you know being willing to put a city on your back and not leave um, no matter as we talked about no matter how bad of defense the rest of his team plays how bad of offense the rest of his team plays like this guy 
I think he deserves the the absolute utmost respect. I mean, to go through not many people in the in in the world have have lost you know as many people in their family or um, just people close to him that as Damian Lillard has. So just for him to be able to do all that um, is is really incredible. Let alone just at the the, the sheer level that he does. Um, and then just that well, another stat I wanted to bring up was so this game went into double overtime. Uh, in overtime and double overtime, Damian Lillard's teammates went one of 19 from the field. One of 19 in 10 minutes. I mean, when it mattered most. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you it's like, it's, it's the same trailblazers, man. It's the same shit year after year. You got to change something, or I, they need a big they need a big change somewhere, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but if I'm Damian Lillard, yeah, I love being loyal, but sooner or later that shit sucks, man. And sooner or later you're going to be shopping new teams because you're starting to get old and you want just some jewelry on your hand. And, you know, it's going to get interesting. I don't want to see him go, but that's, that's the shit you can't have, especially if you're Damian Lillard. What do you think to yourself? It's like, this is what I get paired up with the biggest stage of when we're supposed to perform. And that's what you guys do for me. I mean, come on now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about. And they're not even like, that's the thing about the blazers is they're not even close, you know, like they're, this is supposed to be kind of like, you know, the, the growing pains of a team who's, who's just now getting good. Who's just now, you know, has the roster where they're wanting and trying to compete and, you know, they've been at this level for a long time. And, and yeah, like you said, they haven't been improving. And it's one of those things, too, where the NBA, there's so much damn talent in the NBA right now, man. Like, it is so, so crazy. It is There's so much talent from the top to the bottom. But at the top, there's even just – it is so concentrated. Like, it's to the point to where there are so many teams in the league that are so good. You know, if you get Jamal Murray back healthy for the Nuggets, they're in this category. you got the Blazers in this category. Hell, even the Suns, the the Celtics, the so many teams are literally just like one big superstar away. But that is the problem: is that some of these teams have just have just sucked in. You know, looking at you, Nets, like they've just sucked in some of that superstar power, and it's you don't really see once you have a team as as stacked as the Nets, it completely changes the entire power shift of the league. Is essentially where I'm getting at, like. The Blazers are not close. Like they are not one off season away in in a couple acquisitions, um, you know, for a rotation player and another starter. Nothing like that. They need another superstar and you know more on top of that. And like we're talking about a team that has one of the best players in the league in Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony off the bench and Nurkic is a good defender and all of that. Like. The Blazers are a what I'm trying to get at is the Blazers are a good fucking team and they are not even close. Like the NBA is so so stacked right now. There's so much talent um and god it must suck to play in the Western Conference. Yeah, Western Conference has to uh, I mean, we've known this for a while that they are that it's a tough division but I mean I don't know. You know, you just, you got to figure some shit out. This is the hand that's been dealt. So they've known it for a couple of years now. I mean, get on your horse. You got to bring in somebody or, you know what, just have Seattle form a team and have Dame go there and 
than win the Supersonics uh, title. I mean, that would be glorious, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see, but, yeah, I think the Nuggets can uh, – I bet they win the next game, 4-2, probably end it. Uh, as much as I love Dame, I don't want to say it, but I don't know what you do after that double overtime game. I think that took all the energy out of the Trailblazers. Yeah, from from Dame's perspective, I mean, there there he literally could not play better, um, and so from from him, you know, I you can't you can't really expect to get another game from him like that when when you you got to imagine that's that was everything he had right there, and and the fact that that's not enough, that's got to be one of the most def- deflating feelings that there are, that there are in sports. But um, speaking of how tough it is to play in the Western Conference, you know, we have the six seeded Lakers and uh, the Suns. And what a series, man. Um, started out after game one looking like, wow, the Suns are probably going to win this series pretty easily. And then the Lakers and LeBron, as he likes to do in game two, they come out, play a great game, um, and then, you know, stole home court. And it was all of a sudden like, you know what? What were we thinking? You know, they just won the championship. LeBron, Anthony Davis, this is the Lakers series. That sucks for the Suns. Um, and now here we are, five games in, um, and Anthony Davis out with a quad injury in game five. The Suns go out, get a big early lead, and never look back whatsoever. Win by 20, led most of the game by 20. LeBron leaves and goes to the locker room five minutes early to quote unquote, get treatment early uh, says Frank Vogel, as if that's going to make a huge difference, so to speak. Um, Yeah, man, I don't really, I don't know what a series I don't, I don't have, I feel like, I feel like everybody already has had all the takes they can have about of of LeBron and the Lakers and, and so on and so forth. Just how are you feeling about, I guess, how this series has gone up to this point and where we're going from here, I guess. And, I guess I don't. Is Anthony Davis even going to play in Game Six? I mean, I you know I never minded like the Lakers because obviously I want to watch like history and everything with LeBron. But I mean, after last night, I just want the Suns to chop the head off of the dragon. I want the Suns to win the next game kick the Lakers out because I don't know what I'm seeing is just disgusting is it's not even, you know, like you can't function without Anthony Davis. If they don't have Anthony Davis again, I'm sorry, but I don't think there's any way a uh, 30 some year old LeBron James is going to do it by himself. Schroeder went what like over 14 or some shit like that for field goals. It was terrible, whatever it was horrible percentage. So you know, I I like the Suns a lot, and um, I really don't want to see the Lakers move any far forward. Uh, I just hate – There's it feels doesn't feel like a team, honestly. It just feels like uh, we're just going to group a bunch of guys, and if we don't win a championship, you know, then I don't, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of the Lakers right now. Yeah, I just – I don't get it, like – Early on in the season, when LeBron, when everybody was healthy, they looked so much better this season than they did last year when they won the championship. And just, 
with LeBron being out for a while and AD was out for quite a while during the regular season as well, like the wheels kind of came off and like, yeah, that's, that's not totally unexpected, but now that we're here, like, and you see in these games where it does matter most, you know, like this is a team that has no shot at going even let's say they do pull it off somehow win game six, game seven, they have no shot. If losing Anthony Davis makes you that bad, that drastically bad on both sides of the floor, there's really no chance that you even deserve to get out of the first round, let alone the second. So yeah, they're, they're, uh, I would say it's worth writing them off already because if, if you're going to get beat that bad without one player, I mean, you don't have a chance and yeah, I'm just looking at the box score right now. Uh, Schroeder 0 for 9. Um, Kuzma stepped up a little bit, 15 points off the bench, 6 for 13. But other than that, Caruso 2 for 8. Wesley Matthews 1 for 5. Those are both guys who get over 20 minutes a game. Um, Horton Tucker played a decent amount last night and was actually okay. But, yeah, Ben McLemore, another guy who's been okay off the bench for them, he played 16 minutes, went 0 for 5. Um, just – it was it was tough to watch um, the game. It, it was never close. Like it was, it, it was never close, and it never felt like it was going to be close. The Suns out ahead early and really never looked back. And yeah, the the shocking scenes of of LeBron walking off the court with like five minutes left in the game. That is, yeah. I mean, that's they got no shot. No, and as much as it pains me to say this too, probably now since we're talking shit, we'll see something miraculous. But in all of my heart. I want to right now, honestly, well, shit, I don't know. This would be tough, but I wouldn't mind, you know, a Suns jazz Western conference finals. I think that'd be super cool. Even throw the nuggets in there, but you know, I could be fine without the Lakers. It's just disgusting, disgusting team. I don't know. After last night, I was very, I've never hated LeBron, but damn dude, why, why (laughs) walk out five minutes left? That pissed me off. I'm like, are you even about freaking team? No, I don't, I don't know. God, it just gets me going, but it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just not realizing now that we're already way past it, that the listener will already know the, the result of game five of Mavs Clippers and um, Grizzlies jazz as well. So I think we didn't mention that when we went by it earlier. So um, yeah, I, I'm a little bit jealous again. I, I wish I did know the result of those games, but also that's why we're not talking about it. Um, let's go to another game that the listener will actually already know. You'll know the the result of game five. Um, I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say the Sixers will probably win game five, but um, it's three, one right now. Joel Embiid has a slight meniscus tear in his right knee. It was just announced. Uh, he left like in the second quarter of game two, I believe it was, but um, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this series, I don't think. Um, Sixers went up 3-0, and then, yeah, the Wizards got one with him beat out. And now, um, yeah, not a whole lot to say here. I, I've made some money on this series, I will say, just betting the team total for the Wizards, um, just because I kind of always know that they're going to score, and Vegas has been kind of undervaluing that offense a little bit. So something to keep an eye on if you uh, if they do win game five and there is a game six. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, nothing really much here. Um, yeah, I mean, poor Wizards, gentlemen sweep, 4-1, definitely, for sure. Uh, rowdy fans, though, for 76ers. But, yeah, let's uh, move on to, you know, an interesting one, which I thought would be more interesting, but it's, it's not looking like it right now. 
Let's do the yeah. Hawks and Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm pretty pissed off at myself for this. So the regular season Knicks and the regular season Hawks, there was there was no doubt that the Knicks coming into this series should have been the favorites. I think deserve to be the favorites. Um, but man, as soon as as soon as it started, I just I felt so mad at myself in hindsight because it was like there was this sense of the Knicks kind of already celebrating that they had accomplished what they needed to accomplish coming into the season. Um, and, you know, they've already won New York back over. Everybody loves the Knicks again. Like, damn, I should have seen somehow that they just, they wouldn't be up to it. You know, first, first playoffs in a long time and the entire, entire league, entire country's talking about them um, that it would be too much. And I, I really don't have a whole lot to say about Hawks Knicks game six will, or game five will already be done um, by the time listener hears this as well. Um, but yeah, three, one at the time of recording and I've bet on the Knicks uh, in game one, two and three. Um, so only went one for two there, but yeah, after that, man, and watching all three of those games as closely as I did, uh, I thought it was pretty obvious that game game four was going to go to the Hawks way. And, yeah, man, really, really bad look for Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett in this series, I would say. But, um, yeah, I guess it's already time to start looking for uh, the future for the Knicks. Yeah, hats off to Trey Young. You know, he's actually done really well for the Hawks, and I've been impressed with his play. Um, I'll be interested to see what he can do in the second round. Yeah, but definitely I think you're right on the Knicks. All they needed to do was make the playoffs, and it's like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, you know, shout out to D Rose too. Super cool to see that he's actually been putting up some good numbers too in this series, but, um, yeah, other than that, that's really all I got for this series. Yeah. D Rose did have a bit of a renaissance. Um, he was, he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, another just kind of quick sneaky shout out to, um, really, I mean, kind of in general, just kind of the entire Hawks roster, they've kind of stepped up um as a whole but um yeah and i also just want to give a sneaky shout out to kevin herter of the hawks um a guy that i had watched many times in college for maryland uh just playing against nebraska and you know a big 10 tournament and stuff like that i like to follow the big 10 pretty close in college basketball and this guy was was not even close to the the maryland terrapins best player um you know kind of just like a spot up shooter kind of guy and played good good enough defense and um so on and so forth but didn't do a whole lot of ball handling nothing for them um and he has been remarkable this series um hits hits big time threes always puts in good minutes off the bench plays both sides of the ball really well um and for a 22 year old who really was seemingly just mostly a role player in college to, to make an impact in the NBA playoffs this early on is, is incredibly impressive. And um, like I said, I bet on the Knicks for games one, two, and three. And so um, just, yeah, seeing him on the other side, I ended up, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, Kevin Herter, like that's, that's nothing to worry about. And he made me look like an ass. So um, yeah, well done to the Hawks and and especially Trey young, as you said. Yeah. um, So but, you know, you got to give the shout-out to the Knicks. It's always been fun, too, especially that first game. I'm pretty sure it was when Trey Young silenced Spike Lee. I always enjoyed that happening. But, um, yeah, you know, it's nice to see uh, Madison Square Garden back in the playoffs, bring some uh, 
nostalgia, I guess you would say. No doubt. As far as atmospheres go, I would say the garden has, has probably had the best one I've seen um, from, from a television perspective, I guess, you know, it's, it's hard to say when you're not there, but um, so yeah, Nets Celtics, um, the Nets, I guess, are as good as we thought they were um, and maybe perhaps more so. Um, but really the only talking point now that this series is over is, um, the fallout from the Boston side of things. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty interesting, especially when you have one of the greatest younger coaches that was there. I'm pretty sure Brad Stevens was not that old, but, uh, no, yeah, he's, he's still really young. Um, but yeah, he he ends up going upstairs, and Danny Ainge goes ahead and retires. So um, Danny Ainge has has seemingly been really really good in his role. Um, I would say the fact that the Celtics have not gotten over the hump was is not necessarily his fault. Um, he's made some really good moves over the years, although not every single one is planned out. It's it's always hindsight, you know. I feel like all of the Celtics moves that they've made in the last like five six years under Danny Ainge seemed really 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 good at the time um obviously there was there was some sentimental um value lost and a lot of people upset with like the whole isaiah thomas thing but once you see in hindsight how that turned out i would say he was he was right to do that um even though Kyrie didn't work out either i would say you know he having him for one season worked out perhaps better than extending Isaiah Thomas would have. So um, yeah, all of it, I would say he's, he's done a great job and for him to go ahead and retire, it's, it's crazy. And for Brad Stevens to go upstairs too. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see him not coaching basketball um, at all. I, I figured he'd be a coach in the NBA or go back to college or something for a very long time. Yeah. Same here. Um, definitely some changes happening. But uh, get you know get ready for the final couple of games of the first round of the NBA, um, which I believe you know pretty much wraps up what we had to say about that all going on. And speaking about changes, uh, you know one that might hit a little in the heart or definitely look a little weird in years to come in college basketball. Uh, you know, Coach K he's planning to retire after this next season. That's it was a huge announcement. We'll see if it actually happens, but I mean, I could see it because shit, he's well into his seventies. Yeah. Just one really quick uh, shout back. Nets Bucks starts Saturday. That series is probably going to be pretty awesome. I would imagine that to me is the Eastern conference finals and it's, it's not even a doubt really. Um, but anyways, yes, coach K moving on um, as a, like a secondary Duke fan. This is, I would say this is um, probably uh, the right time, at least, um, if not a little bit too late. Um, but it's crazy to say um, for the the guy who's the greatest coach, um, you know, ever in, in college basketball. Um, I don't even think that's really disputable, hardly. Um, but it makes sense. Roy Williams stepping down. Um, and overall, I would say just the, the performances from Duke haven't been up to standard from what you would expect from a Coach K team. Um, and that's, you know, you can't you can't dislike or fault him for it and doesn't tarnish his legacy or anything like that. Um, but I would just say ever since the Zion year um, that it, it was after Zion's season that year with R.J. Barrett and Zion that 
I, I was fully convinced that after that I, I was ready for, for Coach K to be moving on. And that's not to say that things are going to get better for Duke um, right away or even in the near future with John Shire taking over. Um, it's just more of like, you know, we you're going to have to move on at some point. And I think that this entire experience has run its course. Um as crazy as it is, you know, the, the team had like one of the worst seasons they've ever had just this past season under coach K. But again, I'm going to go back to the Zion year. I think that was his worst coaching job. Um, just watching those games, how much talent they had, how much better they were than everyone they got on the floor with. And it just seemed like it, he had to have been really, really lazy with his coaching. You know, there wasn't any sort of movement on offense. It was RJ and Zion run a pick and roll and hope for the best. And then defensively, it was just switch everything. And there was, there was absolutely no planning whatsoever. Um, it was something that five people playing pickup basketball could have done um, without any sort of planning whatsoever. So um, I think it is, you know, it is the right time. Um, and I'm glad he gets to, you know, have essentially a full season to, to celebrate his greatness and, and so on and so forth. It's not like a, an immediate thing. Everybody who gets to go to a game uh, for Duke over the next course of the year knows, you know, this will be the last time that I or most of us will get to see Coach K. So I think the whole thing is good. Um, as a Duke fan, personally, it's I think it's it's good news. Um, but yeah, it is crazy to to think that he he won't be around anymore. Yeah, definitely some big changes headed our way, um, especially for uh, around our generation and you know a little bit older. That's some of these people that's all they've seen during their whole lives. So, but you know, it's always going to make it more interesting. So, um, you know, going into the NFL now, just, just a little news. Um, Antonio Brown endorses D's nuts. Pretty, pretty good headline right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me pull this up really quick. I, I forgot I added this. Uh, so yeah, I was just having a good old time on Twitter today. And saw Antonio Brown getting all sorts of heat. Um, so he, there, there are a billion cryptocurrencies these days. Um, and apparently there's one called D's nuts. And so he posted a, like a, a graphic today. And the caption is, I've decided that I'm going to join at D's nuts coin and what they stand for. And I'm going all in on D's nuts. Um, and just some of the some of the talking points from this graphic say fatten the sack and earn rewards back. Um, you can learn about this at dsnutscoin.com. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it that I have on that. But yeah, all sorts of cryptocurrencies out there, and uh, I've I've heard of like Cumrocket. I know there's like there's even one that's just like called Vagina, I think. Um, and now we got D's Nuts Coin. So. Um, yeah, we'll see, see where that takes Antonio Brown. I'm not sure he's been a guy, um, you know, that you'd want to take financial advice from, but, um, if you do, Hey, D's nuts coin might be there for you. Yeah. So definitely interesting. And then, um, Julio Jones has been a big talk. Um, obviously ever since he was on the phone call with, uh, Shannon Sharp on undisputed saying that he's not going to Atlanta. Um, and he doesn't want to be in Dallas, uh, you know, opens the door. Uh, looks like so far Seattle's the favorite team out in front, but it, it could be very interesting. If he goes to Seattle, it'd be a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. Um, 
I'm sure Russell Wilson would love it though, especially after revamped offensive line. So I don't know, you know, free agency is going to be a big deal on Julio. Yeah. Uh, that would be an absolutely insane trio of wide receivers. Like DK Metcalf, if, you know, on the trajectory he's on, let's say he gets a little bit better next season. Um, Tyler Lockett has been consistently great for Seattle for a long time. Um, and to add a guy like Julio to that, you know, that, that Seahawks offense was, was really something to worry about last year. And they did, they did tail off towards the end. Um, I think that this would kind of ensure that that wouldn't happen again. Um, and if they do get Julio, then really that just means that they still have that one problem to solve, which is their defense. So, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, it'll be, I, I am really uh, following along where Julio Jones goes because I think he is the kind of guy that could, that could get a team over the hump. Yeah, um, Julio, I think, is still a very big factor. I don't think, um, you know, really anything's changed with him. So definitely probably going to have to be some big money shelled out um, and definitely probably going to be a championship contending team. But we will find that out as soon as we can. Very excited to figure out what all happens and also very excited for football's return. Um, we're within 100 days, so very close. But otherwise, you know, Let's head to the pitch. And, Corey, what do you got for soccer? Yeah. Um, basically, everything wrapped up in the club soccer world other than the MLS, just because in America we like to be different. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that means we got some international soccer to talk about. Team USA um, is playing four games over the span of, like, 10, 11, 12 days, something like that. Um Really exciting times. So we got uh, this past, uh, what was that, Monday, Sunday? Uh, we played Switzerland in a friendly, and we lost 2-1. to one. Uh, Our coach, Greg Berhalter, played a mostly full-strength lineup, and it was um, kind of good to see a lot of those guys on the field at the same time. And Switzerland is definitely one of the top, I would say, 15 international teams in the world. So um, although it was just a friendly game, we did get a nice test to kind of see what we need to work on. Um, who's kind of up to the challenge at the top level and who isn't. And um, there were all sorts of reactions to this, to this loss. Um, but in general, like I said, it, this game was just a, a good data point to, to kind of get, you know, an idea of what we needed to work on. And, and we definitely did get that. Um, turns out the left side of our defense when playing against a good team definitely needs some work. Um, and uh, in general, we need to be um, a lot more coordinated with our pressing, but um, all in all, you know, to see our team stack up and kind of, you know, it didn't look like everybody was going all out, kind of going through the motions a little bit. So to have a, a team as talented um, as ours to be able to kind of go through the motions for 90 minutes and, and look really competent against one of the best teams, um, that is is really something that we wouldn't have expected um, for a long time. So um, more importantly, we got some games coming up. Um, Thursday, or I guess today, um, against Honduras uh, is the semifinal of the Nations League. So um, this is a game we definitely should win. Um, this will be a full-strength team that we see for this. Christian Pulisic is going to be flying in for this, um, as well as our starting goalkeeper, Zach Steffen. They were both busy with the Champions League final, which is, uh, again, for anyone who doesn't know at this point, is like the Super Bowl of, of soccer. Um, and Christian Pulisic actually became the first American to ever win that competition 
Um, he played in the final two, which is which is a nice cherry on the top, although he didn't start. Um, he did get about 30 minutes off the bench and had a bit of an impact. So, um, yeah, definitely exciting times for U.S. soccer. I've been saying this for a long time. It's time to start paying attention. Our team is getting really good. Um, and now, you know, we're having some competitive games to, to show that off. So, again, Honduras tonight um, should be a game that we win. And if we do, we will play again on Sunday against the winner of Mexico and Costa Rica. I think best case scenario here is we end up both uh, us and Mexico ending up in the final and then we get a nice little um, a game that means something, a trophy on the line against our biggest rival. And um, really, you don't get a better test for where your men's national team stands um, than than that. So um, definitely something to pay attention to in the coming days for the U.S. national team. This I will say right now not even a controversy this assemblement of players for this roster in these games is the best the best united states men's national team soccer team that has ever been put together we have the most talent um, that we've ever had and all of these players seem to be just continuously getting better um, and it's a really exciting time so i would tune into these games um, i think it'll be a good um a good test a good kind of taste of what you'll get to see in the coming next couple of years before world cup 2022 um and then some other international tournaments which we will end up talking about more on the show but the other things happening this summer um there's the euros which is just all the european teams compete in an international tournament that starts june 11th copa america is the south american version of the same thing that starts june 13th um, and then the U.S. will also play in the Gold Cup, uh, which starts on July 11th. Um, and this will be like kind of a B-minus-ish team of the U.S., like I said, because all of our players are playing in this Nations League, which is happening now. So um, all of our best guys will get to play this little mini tournament, end up having the rest of the summer off, deservedly so. Um, and then we'll send about a B-minus team to the Gold Cup and um, learn a little bit more about some players we have coming up. So... Um, exciting times in soccer, a little bit slow right now, but um, I love international soccer as well. And it's about to pick up big time. And it's always a good time when you get to watch the U S national team. Yeah. So, you know, exciting all around the sports world, a uh, lot of things happening and, you know, there's so much more um, with other sports, horse racing uh, outside the box, you can get into anything. Uh, you know, we like to, cover the main things happening around you know here uh but you know getting ready for another crazy week of some more playoffs um should be very interesting we'll get to see a lot of teams moving on to the second round and that's really when things start to heat up see some chippiness especially in hockey um you know even the nba but for now that is uh you know that's what we got, and that's the ruling on the field for myself, Tanner Schmady, and Corey Brooks. Uh, until next time.